Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Hello, 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 hello. How are you guys? Some, some tired faces in the room. I'm going to trip over that if I put that there. Classic. All right, very important question. Very, very important question. As uh, we are working through the remnants of Halloween candy, anybody still have Halloween candy left? How many of you have like parents that are like, we are throwing it away immediately? Yes. Keem, you threw away all your candy? <laughs> you ate it? <laughs> uh, um, and very important, very important question about the Halloween candy. Are you ready? When it comes to Halloween candy, no, Robin, no. <laughs> Fruity or chocolatey? Chocolate! Hands up for Fruity. Wow, like four people. <laughs> Hands up for chocolatey. I have learned one thing in this moment, that chocolatey people are passionate about chocolate. <laughs> um, there's like one time of year that I eat fruity candy, and it's this time of year. Um, I've recently been falling in love with like nerds again, as if I was like five. It's beautiful. I don't know if I was allowed to have nerds when I was five, actually. Maybe ten. You know, uh, I was recently talking to someone, and um, I remember a candy that may be too great for your generation too great for your generation. It was the like bane of every parent ever. Do you remember what this was? It was like a pouch full of flavored sugar and you get a stick and you, yes! Do those still exist? Yes, those are the best. They're so bad for you. <laughs> So much sugar. It's not really a Halloween one. You're right. Valentine's Day? Uh, that's the kicker. Valentine's Day. Very interesting. Chocolate? Oh, Valentine's Day equals chocolate. Yes. Yes. So much candy. I love it. Anyway, those were my favorite candies as a kid. Not that that has anything to do with anything we're talking about tonight, but just want to talk to you about it. All right, guys. Um, there is a saying in our culture um, that you've probably heard before uh, that, and maybe you've said this before to your parents. Oh no. Uh, the sentence of, I need to be free to make my own mistakes. Has anybody heard that? Has anybody said that this week? Ma, I need to be free to make my own mistakes. Right? <laughs> you sound like that? No? Or, we need to make our, make our own mistakes to learn from them. You've heard this before? In some ways, it's pretty accurate, right? Everybody makes mistakes. It's, the joke is too old now. Everybody makes a mistake. How many of you made a mistake today? Yes. And certainly, we learn from our mistakes, hopefully, if you're a wise person. So it's a true statement. Everybody makes mistakes, and everybody learns from their mistakes, but... From a very young age, I've thought that that was a dumb sentence. Do you want to know why? 
oh no, can you put me on my sermon slides? <laughs> because you're never gonna, never gonna let me down. That's why. <laughs> uh, I thought it was uh, dumb from the very beginning because of this right here. Guess who's who? Yep, I'm the cutie in the middle. Um, uh, I grew up with two older brothers. Yes, and can I point out to you right now? I don't know if this is going to ruin the speakers. This is the OG Toy Story. Like, this is when it was first cool, okay? We grew up with the Toy Story stories. Um, yes, the 90s, guys. The 90s was great. Look how colorful my strange jumper is. Anyway, uh, I grew up with two older brothers, and every younger sibling knows this secret. The secret is, don't make the same dumb mistakes your siblings did. Yes? Yes. Every younger sibling knows that they learn from the mistakes and the choices of their siblings, right? So I have spent many a night uh, sitting upon the top step of the house, in our house, um, listening to conversations I wasn't invited in. Why? Because it wasn't me. I was supposed to go to bed. And my parents have pulled my brothers aside in the evening, and they are telling them, like, why their decisions were not good, why the choices were not good, why they're receiving consequences for their actions. And I learned a lot. The number one thing I learned upon that top step, eavesdropping and learning, was uh, the number one lesson I learned from my brothers is that your sin will always find you out. Your sin will always find you out. They were always, but they had, a, they had a crew of hooligans, the five boys that they were, always doing crazy stuff. Lila knows the hooligan crew because she was there from the beginning. <laughs> They're crazy. And they would always do crazy stuff at night. I mean, cops and all kinds of things involved. And they always thought they got away with it. But here's the deal. If you have a mother that prays, you're never going to get away with it. And that's what I learned, Okay. Um, but they've also made a lot of um, good decisions in their life. The benefit of having siblings that are like four and five years older than me is I've kind of hit every life stage a little bit early. Like when they, were, I was like in middle school and like they started dating and I was like, hmm, don't do that. Oh, boys actually are playing video games while the girl's talking to them on the phone. Hmm, rude, right? I've learned all these things. Um, when they were going to college, I was in high school and I was learning how people choose colleges. They were getting married and I was still in high school. Um, they were picking careers and getting houses and having children. I learned all of these things and I learned a lot from their choices. Um, and we have to make choices every single day. All day, every single day, we have to make choices. And wouldn't it be nice to have someone who's made the choices before you and can help you make those choices? Yes? Yes, it is. It's really amazing. Um, and really, that's what we've been talking about in our series this, this month. We've been through um, like 10 weeks here in the Proverbs, and that's exactly what we've been talking about. Proverbs is offering you wisdom. It's basically a poetic letter from a father to his son saying, hey, I've been there before. I've made that same decision you've made. I've had to make that same choice. Let me give you some wisdom. Let me give you some help. Let me help you choose the right way. And we looked at all kinds of different profiles. We looked at people who did things foolishly. You know, we've got the loudmouth, the sluggard, uh, the fool, right? Um, we've seen some wise characters. We've seen the good friend. We've seen Lady Wisdom herself. And they all have choices to make. And Proverbs sets up this whole scene 
with one of two choices. It says you have one of two choices. There are two paths in this world. There's only two. There's not a third. There's only two paths in this world, and it's your choice which path you take. And the path they line up for us is there's the path of the righteous, there's the path of the wise, and there's the path of the fool. There's the path of the wicked. And really, this is what we've been talking about for many, many weeks. And we've looked at wisdom, and we've looked at these things, and we are coming to ask ourselves a question at the end of this series, is which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? Will you choose the way of the fool? Or will you choose the way of the wise person? Will you choose the way of the sluggard? Or will you choose the way of the righteous person? And so, today, uh, we are looking specifically at our very last character, which I think is very appropriate for our last character, and it is the teachable child. We've heard a lot. All through Proverbs, the father has given us wisdom. He's saying, hear my words. Are we going to hear them? Are we going to be the teachable child? So, for our last week, by the way, um, Sam comes back next week. Yes. Um, so make sure you bombard him with gifts and flowers and things. I don't know if he wants flowers. Chocolate? Bring all your Halloween candy. We'll take a donation for Sam, okay? <laughs> he will love that. <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's dive into our last week in Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4. For those of you who have your Bibles with you, uh, if I had candy, I would throw them at your faces right now, but I don't. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, here we go. What are our final words from the Father? Take a look. He says this. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. This isn't new to us. We've heard this so many times in Proverbs already. He's saying, listen to me. Hear my words. I have wisdom for you. Keep it. Hold on to it. And so, once again, Proverbs repeats itself. Why? Because we need reminders. We learn that the Father is pointing the way. Right, we have two paths, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. The Father is pointing the way. He's pointing the way to righteousness. He says, I have, there is life here. Like, you will find your life. You will not stumble. You will not trip. This is the way of righteousness. And he lays this out for us. Um, when, when you're starting a, a journey, usually it's good to know where you're going, Right? Um, how many of you are like brand new drivers in here or fairly newish drivers? Nice. You got the lanyards. I see it. I hear that's a thing that new drivers like to have their key lanyards on them. Anyway. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but like you thought you knew your way around town until you started driving. And then all of a sudden you're like, I have no idea where I am or where I'm going. Did anybody else have that feeling? Yes. Yes. And you're like, ah, oh, I mean, I think you take a ride at Chick-fil-A, but I'm not sure. We just turn into Chick-fil-A, and we'll just start there, right? Like, I, I don't know the street names. I don't know where I'm going. Um, and so it's usually helpful to have money for Chick-fil-A, yes. But, 
right? Most people pull up their GPS, right? They make a uh, map on their phone um, and they find the direction. Guys, I never thought it would come to this day, but I'm gonna say the phrase that I hated as a child. But yes, back in my day, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have GPS. Do you know how many hours and time and gas? I, guys, I drove a Suburban in high school, 45 gallons, when gas was expensive. It was $100 to fill up my tank, okay? Take a deep breath, yes. I wasted lots of gas and money and time trying to find out where I'm going because who wants to print out MapQuest? <laughs> Nobody, nerds, right? So it would have been helpful to have a GPS, to have a way, now you guys, you just like, put in the map, although I've heard that if you only go by your map, you're still lost when you don't have your map. Uh, but it would be helpful, right, to know the way. I mean, imagine, like the amount of time and money and anxiety I could have saved by having a GPS when I was a teenager. Like, how much more would we like to save time and money and anxiety by knowing the way in life? You're like, please, is there a GPS for life? Can I type in my phone, like, go to college? <laughs> like, how do I get there? Wouldn't it be nice to have a GPS for life? And here's the thing. The father says, I've given you it. I've given you my words. I have taught you. I've given you instruction. He's, he's shown us the path. He says, I've taught you the way. Like, you know which way to go. Like, I've led you in these paths and better yet, these paths and in life. It says that the years of your life may be many and that you will have life. This is the image of like a well-tread path, like a well-tread path. It's like, like our opening title screen here, like a well-tread path. Now, I'm a type of person that it seems to me that like chaos and uh-oh follows me everywhere I go. Like, I was trying to make spaghetti the other day, guys. Noodles, sauce, my fork was behind me. I don't know how it got there, right? This, this just happens in my life. And so when I'm hiking, I really appreciate a well-tread path. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know where I'm going. I'm not getting lost. Sasquatch ain't eating me today. You know, like, I know if I follow this path, I'm going to get to where I need to go. I will find the end. And this is, uh, this is the, the imagery that's being painted by this proverb about this father as is, is he has given us a trail. He's given us a well-tread path. It's marked out for us. And so often, aren't we looking for like the secret path from God? Right, like, God, what am I supposed to be when I grow up? Right, like what skills do I have? What am I supposed to do with my life? What college am I supposed to go to? What job am I supposed to have in my future? The big question, who am I supposed to date? Do I even get married? Who am I supposed to be married to? Right, we want God to give us those questions. Like the big blinking road that's like, blink, 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 go down this way for college. It's not like the game of life, guys. It's a fun game. Also somewhat aggressive if you're playing with me. We don't have those paths, but, so the path doesn't look like we want. The mile markers are not like, go here if you want to go to college. Go here if you want to start your job. 
the mile markers have been given to us. But it doesn't look the same way. But he says he's given us everything we need um, to not stumble. But how? You're like, how? How are we supposed to know? If, it's the, if the path is well-tread, why do I feel lost? Why do I not know what to do with my future? Why do I not know how to decide? And he says, keep hold of my instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. Keep hold of my instruction, for she is your life. And the question becomes, how do you treat God's word? How do you treat God's word? Like, literally, how do you treat his instruction? How do you treat the Father's word? And some of you are like, no, 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 no. I've tried this before. Because I had a question, and I read my Bible, and I didn't get an answer. Your Bible doesn't tell you where I'm going to go to college. Your Bible doesn't tell you, like, who I'm supposed to marry. Like, how is this supposed to give me answers? I've read it. Like, I don't know where the answers are in here. I get lost somewhere in numbers, and there's a talking donkey. And what are you supposed to do about that? Right? It's like, I, I, I've... How is this supposed to answer my life? What, what does this have to say to me that's supposed to answer my life? How, like, how is this a path? This seems like, I don't know, like what is the National Treasure movie where they have to like find codes to like get to the end? It seems like I have to decipher the code to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. If you feel that way, I get it. Because there's so many times, like I've done the whole like, Lord, whatever page I open up to, you will give me an answer. Oh, no. Right? Like, I've had those moments with the Bible, and if that's how we're using the Bible, we're using it wrong. Here's what the Bible is. If you are going on a journey to a foreign country, let's say you had an opportunity to live in France for six months. Not downtown, not Paris, but like coastal city, some place where they don't speak a ton of English, Peter's really excited about that. <laughs> you probably should learn French, right? So I've had uh, an opportunity uh, twice to go on a mission trip to France. Um, and so I'm like, I got to learn some French. So I did the Duolingo, checkity check. Um, I went to the um, library and I bought kids books in French um, so I could try to read French books uh, in French, I, um, did you know you can change the language feature on any Disney movie? So I would turn on a Disney movie like Frozen and I would say French, so I just listen to it, right? This is how you learn a language. If you're going to a new culture, you need to be immersed in that language, right? So whatever language you're learning, Spanish or French, you need to be immersed in this language. You need, the more you read it and hear it and speak it and study it and memorize it and practice it, the more it becomes a part of your life, right? And this is what this is. That is what this is. And it doesn't matter actually like what specific language your Bible is in. Maybe you read it in another language, that'd be sweet. It doesn't matter what specific language you're in. There is a language of the Bible. There are ideas and ethics and morals and themes and so much that's being steeped. And there's a whole culture inside of this Bible. And you, as you study it and you read it and you learn it and you read it and you read it and you read it and you hear it and you practice it and you memorize it, you are embedding a language inside of you. And it's the language of heaven. And the more you read it, 
and you see what God the Father is like, and when you see what his son Jesus is like, the more you hear his voice, because you know what it sounds like. The more when you pray, you go, ha, ah, I know what your voice sounds like. The more you understand God's will, because you know what his will is, so that when you come into a path, you say, nah, that doesn't feel like God's will, because I know what this says, but this, this looks like God's will. And you can follow these paths because you're learning a language so that that day, that day when we are in the kingdom of God, we are walking and suddenly we can speak fluently the language of heaven. We can speak in a way um, that is lined up with the Bible and that is what this is. He says, keep hold of this. Guard it like it's your life. It's the very compass that directs you. How do you see God's word? How do you treasure God's word? It's more than just the answer key at the back of your textbook. It's a language we're learning through our whole lives. But the question becomes, do you believe that? Will you believe that the Father's words are actually enough? Will you believe that this is actually enough to guard your life, to guide your life, that the more you're steeped in it, the more that you know it, the more that you understand it, that it's actually enough to guide your way. It is. But will we believe it? And so the Father's words, it points the way. It tells us, this is the path of righteousness. Walk it, hold the words. Um, but as we stand, there are times we stand at a crossroads, and as we're standing at the crossroads between the path of righteousness and the path of the wicked, there's a decision we have to make. Which one will we walk down? And so the Father lays out these two paths for us. He says, do not enter the path of the wicked. Imagine a big old do not enter sign. It's red, white bar in the manor, middle. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk the way of evil. Avoid it. Don't go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. What do you think we should do about it? Get away, right? Don't enter. Avoid it. Why? Because those on that path cannot sleep unless they've done wrong. They are robbed of sleep until they've made someone stumble, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over which they stumble. So you have the crossroads with these two ways, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And he says, don't, <laughs> don't go the way of the wicked. At the crossroads, he's telling us to choose the way. Which way will you go? You only got two options, there's no third way. Which way will you go? And he says, choose the way of righteousness. It's pretty clear how he feels about the way of the wicked. Is it not? He's like, stop, do not enter, warning, all these signs are there, don't even go on it, don't put a single foot on it, avoid it, completely move away from it. It's this idea that we talked about last week as Matt um, talked about the story of the young man walking down the wrong path, going down the wrong street to the wrong woman's house. It's, it's one step at a time. It's one step, it's one look, and he knows, don't look at it. Don't go down that street. Don't continue. Sin is only a few steps away for all of us. 
And there comes a moment in your life where you've got to put down your Christian pride and realize that we have to get over the illusion that we're Superman, that we're strong enough, that we can avoid temptation. I mean, imagine like stepping closer and closer and closer to a cliff and wondering like, am I going to be strong enough to catch me when the cliff falls? Like, am I going to be strong enough to catch myself when the road slips? Why even put yourself in this position? Why even put yourself in that position? He says, don't even look at it. Don't go near it. Pass on. Stay away from it. So what if it's embarrassing or inconvenient to not have that app on your phone? So what if it's embarrassing to have limits on your phone? Or that it's not cool to have that app or to watch that video or to play that game? So what if it's embarrassing or old-fashioned to choose not to talk that way, to not have that garbage in your mouth? So what if it seems prudish or outdated to guard how you treat and think about someone you're attracted to? So what? What is your life worth to you? What is your life worth to you? Is it worth risking it all to take steps in that direction? And he says, he gives us the reason, because those on that path have no rest. They cannot sleep until they have wronged somebody else. These are the people who find joy in mocking and teasing and harming and injuring and stealing and pranking. Sure, dude, they're living it up. Of course they're living it. Do you see this? They eat the bread and drink the wine. They are having a party. They're having a good life. They're, they're, they're fun-loving. They're hanging out. But it's bread and wine that they stole from harming other people. It's a gaining by stepping on other people. And one day, it will cost them their life, and it will cost them their very soul. And the father says, stay away. Stay away. Avoid it. I'm not joking. I'm serious. Avoid it. He says, but the way of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter till full day. The path that the righteous are on is like walking towards the rising sun. The closer you get to the dawn as the sun rises, the brighter and brighter and brighter it gets until it's full day. Look at that. The way of the wicked is in deep darkness, and they have no idea over what they stumble over. So it's in this moment where it can be super easy to like, all right, so you're telling me that if I am righteous, my life will be perfect. And that if I avoid the way of the wicked, that's a super hard way. Like the way of the wicked is much harder than the way of the righteous. So easy life, hard life? Yes and no. Yes, it's easier. No, it's not any less difficult. I'll give you an illustration. Uh, uh, I was debating on telling the story. I'll tell it anyway. Okay, so I, when I was a kid, I used to go camping every single summer up at like Cougar, you know, way up there. Um, so we used to go camping, and um, our campground was like, uh, it was on a wharf, so we had this like big old like jetty out in the water. So we'd like hang out there all day. We'd like swim our little rafts of the river and like float back down. 
and we just hang out there on the river all day. I got the gnarliest, most gnarly sunburn I've ever had in my life. Well, probably the reason if I have skin cancer one day is because of that moment. It was bad, but it was a great campground. So we'd walk around, and have you noticed that things look different in the daytime than they do in the dark? Like when you arrive somewhere when you're traveling in the dark, and then you wake up in the daytime, and you're like, whoa, there's a mountain there? get here, right? So we, uh, me and my best friends, we slept in this tiny little like pup tent like this big, but it felt, it fit a queen bed. So I feel like it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And so we would camp there every single year. And my friend and I thought we were like super tough. Like we, we uh, have walked the road from our campground to the bathroom like a number of times, mostly because I have to pee a lot. I've explained this before. You know this about me now. So I'm always taking that trip to the bathroom, right? So it's like over a tree stump, across the road, up a hill, up a few steps, bathroom. Easy, right? Road, wait, what did I just say? Road, oh, tree stump, thank you. Tree stump, road, hill, steps, bathroom. In reverse, steps, hill, road, tree stump, right? No, it's easy. You, oh, you already got it. You could take the, the trip to the bathroom, right? So it's in the middle of the night, and... We're like going to bed. It's like super dark, you know, we're already sleeping. Do, have you noticed that it's like super, super, super dark when there's no lights? Like when you're out in the middle of nowhere? I know that that's really dumb, but like sometimes I'm out in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, it is really dark in this world. Like it's just so dark. And so it's like super late and I lean over to my friend and I'm like, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. She's like, no, you don't. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. She's like, it's super dark out. It's super late. I'm like, I know. She's like, all right, but we're not taking our flashlights. It's like, fine. We know the way to the bathroom. Tree stump, road, hill, steps, bathroom, right? We went. We went out there. We went over the tree stump, a little bit of stumbling, right? We went across the road, super fine, no bears, doing well. Went up the hill. We think we went up the right hill, went up the steps, fine. Made it to the bathroom. We're good. On the way back, I'm feeling super cocky. I'm like, I could do this in my sleep. Come on. And so, oh, I didn't forgot to mention that we also went to go brush our teeth. So we're leaving the bathroom, and I'm like, I can do this. I know exactly where this thing is. And so I go, and I run to jump off the steps, and my foot caught a boulder, and bam, on my face in the middle of the dark. I don't know where I am. I don't have toothpaste or my toothbrush in my hand anymore. I don't know where it is, and I'm just laying in the dark. I'm like, help, and my friend is gone. She already left me. I'm like, help, and she finally comes back for me because she thought she, I was behind her because she also ran in the dark. Guys, things look different in the daytime than they do in the dark. If, I had, if this was the daytime, I would not have tripped over the rock I went back the next day to like look at the rock and like be like, how dare you? I did. I would not have tripped over the rock. I would not have lost my toothpaste and my toothbrush to a squirrel. <sighs> Things look better in the light. And that's the story we are getting here. Guys, life is, is hard on either path that you walk. But look at this. Look back at verse 12. We've already read this. But from the Father, he says, when you walk... Your step will not be hampered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Compare that to what he said about the wicked. He said, they don't, over, don't know what they stumble over. I didn't know this rock that I tripped over. 
I didn't know what it was. I had to go back in the daytime to find it. And this is the story. Only a great fool will break out in a flat-out sprint in the dark. Only a great fool, because you're going to break a nose in the process. Right? And this is the difference between the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked. The path of the wicked is in deep darkness, and the path of the righteous is, growing, is walking in an ever-growing light. See, life is hard. Our world is broken. You will struggle and you will sweat and you will have stress and anxiety and your classes will never get easier and life will probably never get easier. Sorry, it gets harder the older you get. You will bump into things, stuff will happen that will suck, that you have no idea why this could happen to you. But it's so much easier in the light. In the darkness, we don't know over what we stumble. But in the light, we can see the path. We can see where it curves. We can see the stumps. We can see the rocks. We can run because we are in the light. We can see without um, being hindered. And so the question is, how bright is the path that you're on? How bright is the path that you're on? Can you see where you're walking? Or are you doing like the like nighttime, midnight snack walk down to your house, right? And you're like, I think there's a wall here. <laughs> I, I hope I didn't leave any shoes out. <sighs> My dog leaves a squeaky toy in the middle of the hallway when I'm trying to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It scares me so much because you step on something, it's like squeak, and you're like, ah! Right? How bright is your path? What, how bright is the path that you are walking on? So the Father has pointed out the way to us. He says, this is the way. He says, at the crossroads, choose the way. Choose the way of righteousness. And it comes this point in our passage in Proverbs in this series, where we've already asked, which way will you choose? Will we be the teachable child, or will we be the fool that fails to listen? So in this last section, we're going to see what the teachable child looks like. How do they act? So he says, my son, once again, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my saying. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Uh, in this moment, it's like the last step of playing the hokey pokey. You got to put your whole self in. He says, walk the way with your whole self. Did anybody leave a part of you at home today? Anybody missing an arm or a leg? Did you leave your nose at home? Anybody missing a head? Everybody got it? Anybody leave their heart at home today? Like, it's broken. I did. Everywhere you go, here's the reality of your life. Mind blown, I'm about to teach you some philosophy. Everywhere you go, you have to take your whole self with you. Right? Your whole self comes with you wherever you go. And so as this last plea from our father, he says, listen to my words. He's giving us the path of life 
It's a life, it's a path that's healing, it's refreshing. But in his final instructions, he shows that this is a whole body experience. All of you goes with all of you as you walk the path. So let's, let's break them down. We need to do um, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. We should do like a head, shoulders, knees, and toes competition. Because it's the eyes, ears, mouth. There's no nose in here, but... So first is our ears. He says, incline your ears. Everybody grab your ears. My ears are really warm. How's yours? Yours are warm too? We should all drink some water later. Right? (laughs) Uh, He says, incline your ears. Turn your ears. What, like, what are you listening to? You're like, I'm listening to NF right now. What are you listening to? No, what are you listening to in your life? Who are the loudest voices in your life? Who's the person that they could say, do this, and you would follow, or do this, and you would follow? What are your ears listening to? What do you turn your ears to? Eyes. Point to your eyeballs. Mine are green. What color are yours? Brown, blue. Very nice, very nice. Eyes. What is your focus on? He says, let your eyes look directly forward. Let your gaze be straight before you. What is your focus in life? Where are you keeping your eyes on? What are you looking at? Do you have your eyes on Jesus? Or do you have eyes on other things? Where is your focus at? What are you striving towards? Which direction are you moving to? And what are you allowing your eyes to see? There are things that we cannot unsee in our lives. What are you allowing your eyes to see? What are you putting in your face? What are you spending time looking at? And what are you focused on? All right, so with head, shoulders, knees, and toes, you have your eyes, your ears. What's next? Your hair is not in the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Our mouths. He says, put away crooked speech and devious talk. A person who is listening to the Lord has their eyes straight forward and they also speak straight. They don't speak crooked. This is like literally like the split tongue of like a snake. Like you say one thing and mean another or you say one thing to one person and you say something to someone else. Right? This is a straight talk. There are, there's no lies. There's no deception. There's no talking behind someone's back. This is clean talk, Right? How are you using your words? If you were to ask the people closest to you, and if you'd ask the people least closest to you, would they say that your words bring life? That when you speak, they're refreshed? That every time you open your mouth, they're like, I cannot wait to hear what they're saying. Or are you the kind of person, as soon as you open your mouth, people are like, ugh, please stop talking. (laughs) How do you use your words? We incline our ears. We look forward. We keep devious talk from our mouth. And last but not least, oh, actually I have two left. Look at your feet. <laughs> Where are they walking? He says, ponder the path of your feet. How often do you think about your feet? <laughs> A lot? That was not the answer I was expecting. You like fall asleep at night being like, mm, feet, where have you walked today? Where have I gone? I walked into math class today. I walked into the cafeteria. 
I think I stepped in dog poo, right? Where have your feet been walking? How have you pondered the path of your feet? He's saying, pay attention to where you're walking. Where does your path lead? What are you doing? Where are your actions leading to you? If you were to follow, we've talked about this before in this series, if you were to follow your, pe- your feet to the end trajectory of where they're walking, where would they go? Where would your feet end up? Where's your final destination for your feet? So eyes, ears, mouth, feet. And then he says, keep these words in your heart and keep your heart with all vigilance. Uh, that heart is literally and figuratively the house of life, right? If you were to stop your heart right now, what would happen? No good. It's no good, right? Your heart is literally the place of life in your chest and your whole body. It brings life to you. And when he's talking about here, it's talking about your heart as also your mind, your heart, your mind, do you keep a watch on your heart? If you fail to keep, guard, and protect, and take care of your heart, you will fail to keep your life. Do you remember uh, several weeks ago when the super tall guy with cool tattoos, actually didn't see him because I think he was wearing a jacket that day, um, was uh, teaching us about the loud mouth, the person who speaks, and he was talking about your heart as a well. And like, what is the state of your well? Does it have good water, or does it have a decaying cow in there? (laughs) That was the metaphor. Open well, cow falls in, no good. What is the state of your heart? What's the state of your well? Um, There's a word in this text that says, keep your heart with all vigilance. Vigilance is a very active guard. It's set up. It's ready. It's watching the heart. It's looking around for anything that would come against it that would say, no, 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 you stay out here. Like, nope, nope. Okay, you come in, that's good, right? It's, it's keeping a, a tight watch on the heart. And this is hard work, and it's supposed to be hard work. Have you ever done anything that was worth it that didn't require hard work? Being a Christian in this world is, is hard, and if it's hard for you, you're probably doing something right because you're probably guarding it properly. Are we watching what we listen to, what we see, what we read, how we speak to one another, the words we use, the places we go. Are we keeping a a vigilant watch on what comes in and out of our hearts? Are we guiding, regarding our life? Are we guarding our heart? Are we taking care of it as the source of our life? So the Father, he points out the way. He says, this is the way of righteousness. He says, choose at the crossroads between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Choose the way. And then take your whole self down there. Mind, eyes, ears, mouth, feet, heart. And so again we ask, which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? And will you walk that way with your whole self in? As I mentioned, this is super hard. It's super hard. It's hard to keep a watch on your heart. It's hard to keep a watch on your whole self. It's so hard that it's like, is it even possible 
Is it possible to know which way to go? Is it possible to know this well enough that I know which way to go? Is it possible to listen to everything that my father asks? God, our father. Is it possible to be the teachable child? Is it possible to keep a watch on my heart, to guard my life? And when I, when I take a look in the mirror, and I ask the mirror self honestly, the answer is no. Sometimes I'm too tired and too exhausted to do this, to watch my heart, to look after these things. I mentioned uh, at the very beginning of this how valuable it's been in my life to have older brothers. How I've learned from their choices, how I've learned from their decisions, um, how we've walked, like I've, I've been able to make decisions in my life based on like what I've seen from their life. Um, and several weeks ago we talked about how uh, Jesus is our friend. But did you know that Jesus is also your older brother? Right? If God is our father, and Jesus is the first son, right, of our father, we're born through Jesus into God's family. He's our older brother, and he has walked this way. Hebrews 2.11 says, uh, Jesus has, is not ashamed to call us brothers. He's our older brother, and he's a brother who has He's walked this way. The good news about Jesus is that he's not only the brother that, like, led the path down the right way, um, but he's the one who changes our hearts and makes it possible for us to follow him, to follow the Father, to choose the right way. He, he paved the path of righteousness, and he's faced all the things that we could ever face in this life. Hebrews continues to say, uh, for we do not have a high priest, this is a word he's using language from the scripture, of one who speaks to God for us. He says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted the way we are. But he's without sin. He's walked the path. He's done it well. And he did it uh, without sinning. And so the verse after this one is very freeing. Because he says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, to God, to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy for all the ways that we choose poorly, for all the ways that we act poorly, for all the ways that we go down the wrong path, make the right and the wrong decisions. We may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is our brother, and he followed the Father's words. He followed the Father's words down the right path. He chose the right way, and he went there with his whole self, his whole self to the grave. And here's the crazy thing about what Proverbs is teaching us, right? We just heard the Father say over and over again, listen to my words, it leads to life. Listen to my words, it leads to life. And then Jesus listens to his words and he dies? That's not the end of the story. Jesus rose again to life. God's promise is so 
sure that Jesus' story did not end in death, but it ended in life. He kept his promise. Follow the words of the Father and find life. And that promise is still available to us today in our brother Jesus. We follow the path that Jesus set before us. We follow in his footsteps. We allow him to change our whole self, our eyes and our ears and our mouth and our heart and our feet. And though we may encounter death, newsflash, you probably will, we will find life at the end of that for those who follow Jesus as he follows the Father. And so, with confidence, we draw near the throne of grace. We receive mercy for all the ways we suck. For all the ways that we've sinned against God, we receive forgiveness and we find grace to help in our time of need. So as the band comes up, I want us to, to continue to ask that question, which way will we choose? And I, I want us to take a moment um, as we sing these songs to pray for our whole selves. <laughs> pray for your heart. Where is it going? Pray for our feet. Pray for our eyes and our ears and our mouth. Who are we following? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What direction are we going? And we pray that we follow Jesus as he follows the Father. Let me pray for us. <clears throat> Lord God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is a gift that you've given us to show us the way to make us into people that will follow the way. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here, God, for this community, that we would be people that don't just look at the word as this thing that we, we have to look at to be a good Christian or make someone happy, but that it is a language that shapes our very soul that it shapes our lives, that it tunes our ears to hear your voice. It opens our eyes to see your will and your way, and may we cling to it. May we guard it in our hearts. May we value it, may we treasure it above all else because it leads to life. Help us to follow our brother Jesus. Lord, we pray for our hearts. They wander. They fall in love with so many other things. We often don't guard them well. We don't keep it from the things that shouldn't be. God, would you captivate our hearts, Lord? Would you change our hearts? Would you help us to guard our hearts? God, would you open our ears to be able to hear and know what your voice sounds like? Would you help us to listen to you, Lord? God, would you open our eyes to see you 
God, would you help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, that when that test has depressed us, when that uh, relationship is not working, when that friendship is falling out, when this stress is happening and there are so many obstacles and barriers in our life, God, would you help us to keep a laser focus on Jesus who walked the path, made it to life, and who we're following. Lord God, would you help us to put a fence on our mouths? God, would you help us to end the flow of harsh words, of talking about people negatively, of speaking down to people? God, and would you unleash words that are refreshing, that are encouraging, that are building up for one another. And Lord God, would you help us to ponder the path of our feet as we look at these paths, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Lord, would you help our feet to walk down the right way? Would you help our feet to follow you? And God, with our whole self, God, not just with our church self, God, but with our whole self, Would you help us to follow you in all these areas in our lives? God, we will follow you as we follow Jesus. We thank you that the life that he received for a life perfectly lived is ours because of him. So we cast our eyes upon you. Our feet follow you ears hear you, our mouths speak your truth, and our hearts are yours, Lord. God, we thank you. We pray these things in your name.